The Nuggets told us that they have a lot of ways that they can win. It turns out Nikola Jokic being awesome and the defense stepping up is one of them. Nuggets lead 2-0. This is Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed in the Game Time app. Thanks for making us your first listen. We appreciate you guys joining us on whatever platform. The chat, as you would imagine, for our live show is bumping. Big Honey's in there. Josh Winninger, Winninger's in there. Fernando Perez in there. Trippy Collector. Michael Francis, lots of folks hanging out with us. We appreciate you guys making this part of your day. Whether on YouTube, best way for you to support the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Apple Podcasts, hit that five-star review. Or on Spotify, give us the likes on the old Spotify. We appreciate you guys being with us as we talk today about the Nuggets win over the Phoenix Suns in Game 2 of their Western Conference semifinal series. The Nuggets win this 1996-ass matchup, 97-87, in a defensive slugfest. Adam Mares, let's start with our big takeaways. What's your big takeaway from game two? Um, man, big takeaway. The Nuggets, you know, the defense that they played in that fourth quarter and really through most of the game was really impressive. I, I think that's that's one of the bigger takeaways. But also just Denver's versatility. The fact that they were able to win a game that turned into a slugfest that called for sort of a different formula than most games, most playoff wins that they're going to have. And they were able to pull it out. Um, it was just impressive. This is the most impressive Nuggets team of this era, I think. And it's, we can already say that, I think, full stop. What makes it the most impressive win of the, of the Nuggets era, of the Oka chair? I didn't say most impressive win. I said this is the most impressive team because of the, the ways mm-hmm. they can win. But to me, the reason it's one of the most impressive is because it required them to do the thing people thought they couldn't do guard and in particularly guard a really good offensive team and not just guard them but shut them down i mean they, that's what this was was that they shut them down in this game minus the third quarter which i think was largely shot you know impressive shot making especially from devin booker but at no point in this game was phoenix in a rhythm and getting like their a their a looks and i just denver's ability to kind of okay that's what the game calls for let's go there was just so impressive uh a lot of folks have come up to me at the games and been like, Hey man, I just want to like, thank you for your analysis. And like, I re- again, I really appreciate that. Those are really like, I'm always just like overwhelmed with those. The reason I bring it up is they're always like, I really like that. You're like, you're, I appreciate that. You're like the balanced guy that you're like the outside perspective, try and keep it really even keel and like neutral of, of those type of things to so just for something different. Um, I'm going to take a second and just, I want to point this out. Every podcast Every single podcast. How are the Nuggets going to defend the Suns? How? How? What are they going to do? With no question of like, how how are the Suns going to defend the Nuggets? You know, the the better the better team. And I like, feel like most people thought this would be an offensive series. I oh I I agree. I think it still will be. But like one of the things, it was just kind of ridiculous the way it was framed that like oh, the right, were going to be helpless, right. and the Suns were going to be like. If you want to say like both these teams are great, both these teams have great shot makers, both these teams have are like capable of elite offensive performances, right? Like 
game two is not proof that neither offense is that good. It's not proof that they most defenses are, are awesome. It's just proof of like basketball goes that way sometimes. And if you can win, like you mentioned, when things like when it's not like game one and it's easy and everything's flowing, when you find a way to come from behind, that's really impressive. And to be quite honest, like the nuggets have had an easier time defending the suns than the suns have had a hard, had an easy time defending the nuggets. Like a lot of this is like, you know, shot variance is part of this. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker are going to make tough shots for sure. But you and I talk about this a lot, a lot. There are shots and how they feel. And I will continue to say that I struggle with that first half because I think the Suns, I want to, let's start there. We'll get to Nicola, who deserves a huge amount of credit for his awesome, incredible performance in game two. But I want to start, I want to ask you this question. What did you see from Phoenix in terms of defensive adjustments or defensive improvement in eliciting this kind of offensive performance from Denver? I mean, physicality. It was easy. It was very obvious that the, the goal was to get physical in this game, especially with Jamal Murray. And separating offense and defense here, I think, is it could miss the point a little bit because I think it was two-pronged. One, Jokic is the fulcrum of everything Denver does. I think teams are smart to look at Jamal as the head of the snake in large part because he is the ball handler and Denver is short on ball handlers. And in part because Jokic is just always good almost no matter what you do to him. Like, he's just going to be good. The question is, can you make the second most impactful player not good? Because then you have a chance. <clears throat> so I think they really keyed in on Jamal, getting physical and getting into him and making him work hard. But that also, and I think probably more importantly, started on the other end. The first play of the game, or one of the first plays of the game, Chris Paul ran a screen, rescreen, rescreen, rescreen action. And I don't think he did it to get open. I honestly think he did it to make Murray go through four screens. And he did it all first half. And I just think Murray was so worn down. That's part of why he had such a bad game. He was so worn down. So their defensive strategy, I think, was to wear out Jamal Murray. Well, sorry, Nicola, who well, is one other well, I thought if you don't if you were gonna move it, one other thing they did defensively that I think was very important was they zoned up against the shooters, mm. meaning they didn't stick to him too closely, but they were also weren't fully in the paint. They played in between, which leaves you a little bit vulnerable to both, but because Denver wasn't able to get Murray getting pick and rolls and collapsing the defense, it really worked. And that's why Nikola Jokic made an adjustment in the second half, which is I've got to be aggressive and I've got to be an aggressive offensive player and just score one-on-one. -on -one. A lot of his buckets were one-on-one -on -one buckets. Yeah. Uh, the Suns were, were absolutely daring him being like, you're going to have to, to absolutely destroy us in order for, for you to win this game. Um, and the Nuggets said, okay. And the reason that that, that doesn't, that doesn't work unless the Nuggets defense steps up as well, because you're inherently losing efficiency on twos versus threes, right? And like the the free flow offense, like it's going to be a little less efficient. But Jokic was like, "All right, we're going to force the issue," and the defense was like, "We got you." Like we stepped, like they stepped up around them. And I I talked to Aaron Gordon last night about the Nuggets talked a lot in the regular season about I was like, "Why is your why is your defense capable of being great?" And then sometimes it looks not good you know to be to be kind and they all said when we're not hitting shots we let our offense affect our defense and they didn't do that in this game like they they buckled down and they committed on the defensive end knowing that it was a rough night shooting for them and i will say like now some of this is kcp i think had two shots uh midway going into the fourth i believe 
And then like they found opportunities for KCP and KCP found opportunities for him. Like he was the second hero of the game. Um, the f- Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say in the fourth quarter, I thought Jamal Murray finally shook free of the de- de- defense a little bit. And that opened up the ball movement that led to KCP um, knocking down his threes. Yeah. But, but I want to go back to just the earlier part of this game where it was, yeah, Jokic needs to just go and be aggressive and be an aggressive scorer. The Nuggets only had 19 assists tonight. For them, that's incredibly low. I'm, in fact, I would I can look it up during the break, but I'm not sure they had too many games with 19 or fewer assists. And I'm pretty sure they didn't win more than one or two of them all year. But the fact that they did that, again, it would force Jokic to go into his bag to dig deep. <laughs> Noteworthy that he took the tape off the wrist, Matt. Ooh. He speculated it, but coming out of halftime, takes the tape off, and guess what? His touch has returned. I really do wonder how much that tape helped the pain but hurt his – mobility and he made a decision to go the other direction at half but to me this was Nikola Jokic's um breakout game maybe of the playoffs well maybe not I mean he's had some good games but certainly uh, of this series so far and it, it was incredible this walk to watch on the other side I want to talk more about Nikola and, and his performance as well as we'll get into some more of the matchups and details and uh I also want to talk about how about that bench Things I never thought I'd say about the Nuggets. We'll get into all that on the other side. First, I need to tell you about Game Time. Game Time is the absolute best app for you to pick up tickets. It's concert season. It's finally getting warm here in Colorado, and there's so many great places to catch shows. Denver is a great music city. Colorado is a great music state. It is an awesome place to catch outdoor shows, and this is why you need to get Game Time so you can see what's out there, and you can get those flash tickets you don't need to be planning your your planning out months in advance. You're just like, oh, I have a, I have an opening. I wonder if anybody's playing. Find something and go to it. You want to go catch one of these games from the Nuggets. You want to catch a Rockies game. You want to catch a, a Rapids game. You want to catch any of this. You can catch it on the Game Time app. The fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you you get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football basketball baseball concerts comedy theater and more and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference you also get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive you're gonna know okay this is what it looks like i can plan accordingly for what i'm bringing with me or not bringing with me buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and you're set And they're sent directly to your phone so you don't have to dig through your email and try and pull it out when you're trying to figure out when you're in a big line and people are moving behind you. I hate that stuff. Have it on your phone. Scan it, and you're good to go. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nugget. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Tuesday as the Nuggets fans celebrate a 2-0 series lead versus the Phoenix Suns. By the way, man, I just looked it up. Uh, The Nuggets only have one win this season. They have four games with 19 assists or fewer. They went one and three in those games. It was the win over Utah in October. Bones Highland went seven of 12 from three. The Suns have to be kicking themselves losing this game like we'll talk about some of the other factors that contributed but jamal murray goes three of 15 michael porter jr goes two of seven and oh for two from three and you lost 26 from three I, this is the, i i said this on dnvr but i'm annoyed of this the math problem because i feel like it's 
the convenient excuse for like why uh, they don't have a math problem. They have a nuggets problem because tonight they got shots up uh, more shots than Denver by 19. They only made one less three. They actually took four more threes. Uh, all the things that they got more offensive rebounds, all the things people said were the math problem. They actually tilted in their favor in this game and still lost. I would say as somebody that was talking about the math problem a long time ago, it's not um, wrong. Yeah. I think, well, I think part of this is one of the reasons I didn't, I don't, I came in and was like, Oh, Katie's going to take a lot more threes. Like that was one of the things I thought was going to happen. And he did. He didn't make them. And that's one where I'm like, okay, it's Kevin Durant. Like that's, that's probably going to change. But what I will say is the, the Suns didn't miss threes. They shot them off of the backboard. They airballed them in horrific ways. Like the shots they were putting up were the least in rhythm, comfortable, confident shots you can imagine. It was, we got to get up threes in order to keep pace. Do you know how desperate that looked? Like they, they still, this team wants to take tough twos. That's who they want to be. And until there is a change holistically, they're going to have to win games that way and the sun success was predicated on okay we're going to take tough twos and we're going to beat you with defense that was like their model from two years ago but they're not the same defensive team because they don't have the depth anymore like josh Akogi's not mikhail bridges right like all these other guys none of those other guys are cam johnson right you don't you lose the offensive firepower but you also lose the defensive aptitude KD's defense in this series has been really good. He's making a lot of challenges, but also that's exhausting him. Aaron Gordon is wearing that dude out at both ends. Like Aaron's performance end to end was so crucial in continuously just making it life miserable for Kevin Durant. It was one of the best games I think I've seen from him. Honestly, like defensively, I I'd said coming into the series, I didn't think he was a good matchup for KD just because I thought KD gets to his spots and it was comfortable. Aaron Gordon did an incredible job all game, but especially in the fourth where he was just everywhere affecting Kevin Durant. So to me, this was one of the better games I've seen from him. Full stop. Uh, Nicola, there's like a lot of plays that were what that were sensational. Um, my favorite was an assist. It was the Jamal two man game, pick and pop back to the corner for the KCP three, like backbreaker. Like all see like all, all night long. They had done such a good job of, of containing stuff. And then, yeah. You, you work that entire game and then the Nuggets are just like, oh, you slipped up one time. There's KCP, bang. Oh, that's totally like when you Steph Curry has zero threes going into the fourth and then he hits one and you're like, oh, crap. Yep, and here he goes. We were so close. Yeah. Um, what was it, When you watched Nikola, what was it that impressed you most? I mean, I don't know if it was impressive, right? Because it's like, this is what he, this is who he is. Oh, no, it was um, so impressive. What, what, did, what did you love about Nikola's game? just understanding what the what the situation called for i mean i don't want to say all year but really for the last six weeks of the season you really question whether or not Jokic is willing to shoot a lot willing to we know he doesn't prefer it and sometimes when the game called for it in the regular season he wouldn't press and he'd be like man yoke's being a little too passive here so you, i think you're right to worry about it but i don't know that he ever does this in the playoffs in the playoffs it just seems more like He's trying to fill out what is it we need to do. But once the answer is, 
you're just going to have to go break their one-on-one defense of you inside. He's like, okay. And he just was so aggressive going at them and going at DeAndre Ayton and drawing fouls and putting himself in tough, you know, situations to score and coming through. So to me, that was what was so impressive is the Nuggets needed an A-plus game from him. And he was willing to deliver it on the offensive end. And I thought his defense was fantastic as well. But for me, it was the offensive end that they were like, hey, we're not going to be able to score right now unless you go and do it. And he he just put the team on his back. I just looked this up. Jokic did have 14 potential assists in game two. <laughs> that's actually, yeah, I guess that's good. Uh, I can look up and see what he averages. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I think it's always lower than you would than I would think. How's it? Yeah. Because, like, he averages 10 assists or nine and a half or whatever. And I'll bet you it's 14. Um, I want to ask you I think you can look at the shooting performance in game two and be like, that's a lot of it, right? The margin is a lot wider for him. What do you make of 39 points on 30 shots? and a plus two it was what they needed like this was the formula and you like you don't get your ideal formula every time i've talked about this for years that like great teams win when things don't go right that to me is like is you this is what you said in in the first segment about why this one was so great is that uh so much went wrong and the nuggets were the nuggets never got rattled that i i i kind of want to key on that and that's a lot of of Jokic. Nicola net does not look phased by any like team makes a run and he's just like keeps his head down. Like they have so much even killed confidence right now. Like that is championship level contender stuff. I them. agree. I think that's great. I, I like that point. I a hundred percent agree that there is a calmness to them under all this pressure. I will say the Murray aspect of this is the most interesting to me because he was terrible in this game and I'm, I'm going, I was only a quarter and a half through the rewatch, but when we start the show, but in my mind, he wasn't getting free. I do think he was very tired. I think he was worn down. Um, the Suns did a good job of doing that. But also, it's the playoffs. You need to be ready for this level of like fatigue. And I hope he gets there by the end, by by at least by next round. But he also had a lot of open shots, a lot of open looks that he didn't convert. And this is unfortunately the burden Murray carries. He just can't be this guy. I mean, it's great when he has game one. It's unbelievable. But to follow it up with this one to me, it's almost like he rides the biggest high and you're ready to just declare, no, playoff Murray, this or that. And then he goes right back to this and you go, man, this is the thing. He always fools you into thinking, well, now he's over the hump. So a really rough one and, and a disappointing one. But I will say I was impressed with him to go and do media last night and yeah, and kind of be in front of people. It just shows a little bit of, to me of maturity um, and an understanding that he can't be this guy. It was funny too because like it wasn't one of those things where he was oblivious to it or that he pretended to be oblivious to it. Like he walked in and was like, like had a look on his face, like, "I know, I know, I know." Like that was kind of his his expression. Then he was like, "I was one of nine from three. Like he was, he was absolutely just like he was mortified by his performance. Like you could tell, and like he wanted to, and again, I yeah, I do have a lot of credit to him for like, you know, he, he gets up there and he's he's livid with all of us after he's got a fantastic game and he gets up there after game two and is like, I was terrible, got to play better, miss shots, you know, and yeah. they're always gonna say the miss shots, like they're never gonna be like, yeah, the the defensive pressure bothered me. I am with you though, he looked gassed. I wonder how much like he, I I think he burned extremely hot in game one, and. That's something that 
you know, this is his what third playoff run. It's his third playoff run. And that's enough time for him to, to be adapted to it. Like he's playoff proven, but I think that there is going to be a certain level of like, he's going to have to learn to, to manage some of that too. Like that was one of the things I thought was so impressive about Aaron's performance is Aaron is battling underneath and challenge like on the defensive end. He's, he's, you know, having to deal with the acceleration yeah. of Great not point. only KD, but sometimes they're switching pick and rolls and he's rotating to Booker or doing recovery off of blitzes back over to Booker and containing those and burning all this injury, this energy and trying to contest and doing all these things. And then at the other end, he's going full speed, trying to get either in position for wing opportunities or driving in transition or trying to seal underneath and work like Aaron burned a lot of energy and it's a credit to like his athleticism and the work that he's put in in the weight room and his conditioning. Like Aaron's conditioning has been incredible in the series, but like, that's one of the things here is like Jamal's burned really hot. And then he looked ga- like he did look gas last night. And so I wonder if the, you know, three, the 17 days off that they have now between games two and three is going to help him going into game three. I think it will. But at the same time, I do feel like there is just this elevating of, your own endurance that has to happen in the playoffs for all the nuggets. But I think for him, especially, I just, he's got to find a level of consistency because every level level you go deeper one, I think the Suns have unlocked a little bit of a weakness in Denver's roster construction. That is that they don't have a secondary ball handler that they can trust. They had to end up compromising certain aspects of their team in order to get through this one. And I think other teams are going to try this formula. I mean, if it were me and I'm watching this one, I'm looking at that going, we got a full court press Murray every game. We got to put guys on him. We got to get physical with him. We have to crowd his space. We have to exhaust him. We have to put him in pick and rolls. To me, that's part of the formula now. And it always was, but it's especially part of the formula now going forward. And to beat it, Murray's just going to have to be able to fight through it physically in a way that I don't think he was up for in game two. And part of this, though, too, is you can do all that. And the Nuggets are not like this was one of the issues is like the Nuggets have taken things away from the Suns and the Suns are like, we don't have anything else. We just have to hope we, we do enough right. stuff that we have left good. And the Nuggets are like, okay, here's Bruce Brown. Have fun. Enjoy this. Um, this is the real thing about it. Cause I know there's going to be some declarations about Denver style versus Phoenix's style and Denver proving to win. I will say Phoenix is not a coherent roster. No, they will be next year a little bit more. And you know, if they stick around for two years, probably more even so then, but Right now, they really are compromised because they tried. I mean, this is how you know they're reaching. They tried Ish Wainwright last night. Yeah. They played Jock Landale again. They tried Cameron Payne, and they played Damian Lee twenty six minutes. Yeah. They, I don't even want to say they tried Damian Lee. They played him twenty six minutes last night. He's gonna. I, they're gonna stick with that. He's their best option. I agree. He's the best option. I actually agree. Although it is weird to say, Matt, why do you put Damian Lee out there for offense or defense? I, I think he's better than campaign on on both. Well, but what? But what is it kind of player is he, Matt? Come on, don't be. This is an easy one. Is he an offensive player or defensive player? Offensive. Yeah, and they had a horrible offensive output. This is my point: is I'm with you that I think he's the best option because he gives you the best option to score. But there is an irony to they went with him last night and they didn't score at all. They didn't just not score. They had their worst offensive game of the year. Man, the other thing is that the Nuggets punish campaign. Yeah, he's not good it's that that was like the move that Suns fans wanted. And then last night it went, it was really funny listening to stuff last night. It went from just play campaign to just play Terrence Ross. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, you don't have good. It's okay. You can like, there are ways this flips, but you don't have good answers. Right. You, you only have the answers that you still have. 
Um, talk a little bit about, I get to do that because I'm not asking a coach a question. Talk a little bit about, because uh, you talked about this on Twitter. I'm sure you talked about it on DMVR, but help our listeners out with why you like the decision to bench MPJ and play Bruce Brown late in the game last night. Well, first of all, I like it because it worked. <laughs> if it wouldn't have worked, I wouldn't have liked it as much. Yeah. Um, but this is why I say when Phoenix exposes a little bit of a, of a weakness in Denver's roster construction, and one, by the way, I think Calvin Booth will have to address in the offseason, but that is they need a secondary ball handler just somewhere. Not All year it was you need it for your second unit, but it turns out you might need it for your first unit if a team deploys this strategy on Murray of trying to pressure him, getting into him. Can you get him off ball? And Denver going to a more guard-heavy lineup, one, it helped their defense in the fourth quarter. Christian Brown played phenomenal defense all game yet again. Bruce Brown obviously is making impacts on both ends of the court. But just having another guy that you could go to to be a release valve for Jamal Murray, I think, was the key. They overloaded on him. And Michael Porter – and here's, here's what I'll say, Matt. You're going to hate this. You're going to hate this. There's an irony to me of my, what happened with Michael Porter last night. Because I think Michael Porter is a better initiator, a better scorer, and a better ball handler than he is allowed to be in this offense. He is largely a spot-up shooter for this team and a floor spacer. They've asked him to do that, and he has sacrificed to take it. The reason it worked to take him out of the game last night is they needed another ball handler. So all year you say, hey, I know you want to be a ball handler, but we need you to not be. And then last night it's you have to go to the bench because we need a ball handler. There's an irony to that for me. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I'll say that I haven't liked his handle since day one. I just I know, but he always surprises. I'm with you, man. I'm not saying. I mean, look, that there must be a reason they don't allow him more of the offense. But he always surprises us. Gets to the rim, has good finishes, just does some things that I'm like, I wouldn't have mind them working towards a point where he was a guy they could rely on in the spot. First half, I thought they were giving him spots. I'll have to go back and watch on the rewatch. I thought they were giving him a lot of opportunities to create in the first but half. No, it's not even about the first half, Matt. It's, this was a thing about the identity of this yeah. team. That we built. I'm like, just saying in general, I'm just analyzing MPJ's game. I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah. I mean, look, Bruce has been phenomenal. Bruce has now the best raw net rating. He, like he has outscored when he's been on the floor, the nuggets have outscored teams by more than anybody other player in the playoff that changes tonight. Probably when Steph Curry plays, I, um, I had the tiniest hope that Denver was going to be able to bring him back next year. <laughs> I think that's gone. Yeah. And He's played um, way too well. On the other side, I want to talk about the bench. We'll talk about what we think happens when the series shifts to Phoenix, which I do think the series will shift when it gets to Phoenix. We'll talk about why. Um, and we'll get some of our thoughts. Ooh, a little bit. Okay. Uh, and we'll get some some thoughts on the series as a whole uh, as it heads into the crucial game three. We'll talk about that on the other side. First, I need to tell you about prize picks and their $1 million daily Superflex promotion. Throughout the NBA playoffs and finals, one prize picks user will win a chance at becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern will be randomly selected each day. Whoever places that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. If you get all six correctly, that's a million dollars. You get five correctly, that's $80,000. You get four correct, that's $16,000. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million-dollar entry. That's prizepicks.com slash million. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal and you could be the lucky winner. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. The promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you 100 
If you put in 50, they will match it with 50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Price picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on uh, Tuesday as we have several days of filled content. Uh, I will be headed to Phoenix for games three and four. So we'll try and program some content around that. I'll get with Adam and we'll see how we can do that. Um, somebody asked about why wouldn't the Nuggets resign Bruce Brown? It's actually not a cap space issue. Somebody else in the, in the, the um, comments mentioned. The issue with Bruce is that there's actually a cap dynamic that prevents Denver from offering more based off of what his salary is. They can only offer a certain amount. And yeah. uh, it's going to get reported by someone of the Cronkies being cheap, but it's not that they only have, not, there's a max really number can. they can give him, and it's like less than 9 million. Yeah. And like he's going to get like offers for 15. Like he just is. Honestly, Phoenix should probably be clearance based to, oh. <laughs> to get that done. Just, hey, this is the thing. The, look, the Nuggets got to win the series. They got to win the title because they are going to, like you mentioned, they're going to, they're, it's not like James Jones isn't seeing this, right? Like Matt, Matt Ishbia and James Jones are like, they'll right, be better next year. The Suns will be, be better, better too next year for sure. Um, Although <laughs> health is always an issue, which brings oh. us to segment three. Yeah. Uh, Chris Paul suffers a groin injury last night. Um, and so, you know, like, look, like that mattered. Chris Paul was starting to get loose. He was figuring out the drifting left to right um, dribble to get loose versus Jokic and hit the pull up. He hit several of those. And that's one of the reasons why they got that 30 point third quarter, which could have been the end of the Nuggets. Uh, the run after Chris Paul's injury, like the run happened after Chris went out. Uh, it's a groin injury. They don't heal. Like, this is the thing. It's groins and hamstrings, man. Like, they just, they do not, they don't heal fast. Um, to be clear, we don't know. We haven't heard the update, but if it is a real groin injury, which why would he leave a playoff game in the clutch unless it was? So I just say that to say, I think you're almost certainly right, but we'll wait and see. I don't like, I'll say that there, the media room, we were like, it's speculative. Uh, good dog. That there is at least some thought from those of us that have done this long enough not just me, but like there's a pretty good chance we don't see Chris for the rest of the series. Um, and that's look, it sucks. And it sucks when it's Embiid with the knee and like injuries, like there's no way to avoid all this stuff, no matter how many games that people load manage. But Chris is also 38. Like, this is inherently part of the roster. Like Chris always, it's not like this is a new thing. And it's like, for, as somebody that is a Chris Paul appreciator, it sucks. Cause I'm just like, man, I would just like to see him, you know, I, I want to see him have the chance and, uh, he's out, and I understand the the Nuggets fans' temptation to be like, "How does it feel when your starting point guard is not available?" Um, but instead, I'll advocate for, you know, taking the high road and being like, "It sucks. It sucks. It's part of it. it doesn't take away from what Denver did, just like it didn't take away from what Phoenix did. Phoenix won that series uh, two years ago, but this is a different series and it's a different time. And Chris is two years older, and uh, it's it is a significant loss for them because they only have like again. They have four guys that they can count on, and they don't really count on the fourth guy. And now they're down to, to two, and then the other guy they don't really want to count on. It's getting – sun's getting real low for Phoenix. If they don't have Chris Paul, 
I, I mean, I just would be so shocked if the series went beyond five games. I, Whoa! I would be if they don't have Chris Paul, Matt, you just said it. They have four players. That means one of these guys that they didn't, they tried to play as few minutes as possible is going to yeah. have to play a full starters minute rotation campaign. You know, Wainwright, Craig, one of those guys is going to end up having to play starters level minute. Landry Shamit, like they were compromised to begin with. To me, I, that that would be a death blow. I think that's just my opinion. Um, you don't think so? No. You want to? Here's why: the role players are going to shoot better at home. Of course, but you need to have a a creator. Yeah, they're not going to create better. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I think Book's doing an awesome job. I think book is like putting on some heliocentric stuff right now. Right. Um, Matt Booker had a 97.7 offensive rating yesterday last game. And he, and I'm with you. He did do an awesome job. It's just the impact can only go so far. I agree. Um, I think my thing is like the, the use of the word shocked is that if it didn't go five, I would, I would be shocked. That's fine. If it, if it went to six, I, I would, would not be shocked. Without Chris Paul, again, Especially without Chris because Paul. like, look, do do I think that the Nuggets? Am I out of like? Am I out of the game? The the game four, right from last round, where it's like, is, are the Nuggets going to give them one just by screwing around? Probably not, right? Like, so maybe not. Oh, I think and, the Nuggets might give them one by screwing around. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's oh, like, yeah. and, and so your thing is, you don't think you think that's the only one that they'll give them? And I'm saying, I think the Suns probably win one with like the Nuggets, like this next one. I don't think the Nuggets are going to play well. They're on the road. They haven't played well all season. Um, I think they play well in game three. I just think the rest matters a lot. I I think it does too. But I I think the role players hit shots. I think it's one of those where the Nuggets can play well and the Suns win because they hit shots. And then, again, like my script for the series, Nuggets win one, two. They lose game three. They win game four. And then it's like – Chris Paul's out. They're up three yeah. one. What could this happen? actually does sound like a, a, a script? I I would believe you're right. So that's that's my only thing. Um, I will say but that I won't I'm, predict it. My prediction is if Chris Paul is out, that they win this in four or five. My um, I, I would say that like the the odds of the of the Suns winning the series are down bad, and that's not just uh, in the NBA conference finals, <clears throat> conference semifinals. I'm sorry, conference semifinals. When a team with home court advantage has won the first two games, they are 57 and six at 91%. Uh, in general, when you have home court, you're at 93% throughout the NBA playoffs up to up. So like history says that the Nuggets have, have are not have are going to win the series, but do there are t- my, one of the things I, I try and tell myself constantly during the playoffs is how many plot twists we see. Right is like, it looks like things are going one way and then like, oh, there's this huge plot twist. And like, what about now? And then like it twists the other way. And I will admit that the Suns are in much worse shape than I thought. Like I thought our series cap on this was the Nuggets are are a better team. And that's been proven. Like they are a better team. The Suns are a worse team than I thought. I was like, Oh, but Kate, and it's it's easy to do this, right? Katie and Booker and like Chris will give them some stuff. And you know, what if Aiden and like here's the thing, Aiden battled last night and it didn't matter at all. Like Aiden tried so hard last night. I don't know if I could say he played well, um, because there's only so well I think you can play versus Nicola, but like he put in a lot of effort and it just didn't matter. And it's it's tough. Um 
couple more things. The bench, Christian Brown, fantastic in game two. Looked a lot more settled down. Uh, loved what he brought on the floor. Thought he was really good in this game. Only two points with a, a team high plus 15. Absolute menace defensively. Just absolute menace. Uh, KD got one on him, and then I don't think KD got him again, which that's really impressive stuff. That's Kevin Durant. It's a rookie. About. Yeah, it's a rookie. Kevin Durant. It's actually the most crazy, one of the more crazy stories of this entire playoffs. And Malone's playing him. Malone's actually playing him. Uh, Jeff Green grabbed multiple boards for like the, the I, this is like a streak now. I need to go back and see. It may just be two. But like Jeff Green grabbing one more than one rebound. Two huge I, I will. I will say one point that stood out to me in this game was the Jock Landell grabbing all those offensive rebounds to start the fourth quarter. We forget he got, he drew three fouls in 90 seconds to start the fourth quarter, all off of grabbing offensive rebounds. They didn't convert, though, is the crazy thing. Is somehow they grabbed all those second chances but didn't get any points out of it. But nonetheless, it stood out to me like a sore thumb that it was mostly Aaron Gordon, but also Jeff just couldn't get the board against Jock Lando. Um, so you you are you expecting the Nuggets to go up 3-0? Uh, I mean, the Chris Paul piece of this is huge to me. Um, I wouldn't say I expect it because I think – Game three, they do have a great crowd. Sun, Suns fans are a great crowd uh, for the playoffs, so they'll be loud. It'll be intimidating. I'm curious to see how the game is called. This was the most physical game of the series by far. Very few whistles. Very, very few whistles in this game on either side. And if they allow, I just kind of have a feeling that game three is like a complete switch where everything gets called. So I, I just, I, I wouldn't pick Denver to win game three, but I also think it's closer to 50-50 for me if Chris Paul's not there. This is a weird thing that's popped up in the chat section, which is somebody mentioned that Jeff had or that AG had one had only one rebound. And people are like, is AG running out of gas? AG was phenomenal last night. AG was terrific. Like yeah. I, I think a lot of this is that if Michael Porter Jr. is only gonna play 23 minutes, the biggest loss is gonna be in rebounding. And AG is chasing perimeter guys all over the floor. He's not just parked out under the lane having to battle for rebounds like it was in round one. Um, he is chasing everybody and made multiple efforts. And I would say the exact opposite of it is he running out of gas. I think AG has shown the best conditioning end-to-end -end of any player outside of Christian Brown, who is like a teenager. So, um, But also, I yes, running out of gas. Like This is an, it was an exhausting game. It's nice that they get three days off. He has to put in an enormous amount of effort, but I think it's more encouraging that he can do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, AG has been phenomenal in the series. He's been, that was an A plus game from Aaron Gordon. Like, yeah, I don't, the stat, I didn't even notice he only had one rebound, but it was an A plus game. Um, oh yeah. And then hitting free throws, man. Yeah. One, um, one other thing I, I kind of want to say, I, when I look at series, I, I will tend to go like, I think, uh, like Warriors Lakers. I'm like, all right, you're going to have a Steph game. Probably two. You're probably going to have two Steph games. Um, you're gonna have a clay game. There's gonna be there's gonna be a clay game in the series. There's probably an Anthony Davis game. I don't know if there's two, but there might be. There's I think there's gonna be an Anthony Davis game. We've we had a Jamal game and we've had a Jokic game. I do think we get an MPJ game by the end of the series. I'm curious to see how Denver adjusts. I mean, part of this is when a team wins, the other team usually makes the bigger and more adjustments. And now that Denver was able to win despite that. I do wonder what Michael Malone's adjustments are. If he leans into, we need to get Michael Porter going, or if he leads into, we need to get Michael Porter off the court. <laughs> we'll find out. I'm not yeah. sure, but to be honest. 
I'll say this. I don't necessarily, do you feel like he benched? I don't, because of the way you talked about it, I don't necessarily know that the, that this one was that he benched MPJ. I, I He didn't. I mean, I'm no, we're on the same page. He, yeah. I thought MPJ was fine in this game. I don't think he was like, he stood had one, one really bad transition defensive sequence. No. Yeah. Or he, yeah, I know the one where he didn't get back for eight or whatever, but, um, but besides that, I just don't think it was a good or a bad game for him. It just was Malone knew the solution required a different skill set. and But nonetheless, it's still tough. So I want to know uh, if we're not running action for MPJ, if he's not making himself available or both. I would t- I will tell you that my perception is they got him a post-up. They got a pick-and-roll action with him. Like They ran several actions to try and get him going. And I will say that I don't think his um, – I was talking to, to Brendan Vogt, who was like – Mike guy number one about it and i was like i don't know how to judge whether they're good shots or not and he was like well the spacing's all cramped like Jokic is literally standing next to him as he's firing up a contested mid-range fadeaway like that's not good process even if it is like a shot that he can hit drifting to his left so i will say that i think that they are trying to get him involved in actions i also think that he was pretty high on the sun's like scouting report like i think the suns are like we get, do, do not start drifting off of MPJ. We have to make sure we can't live with his threes. And I think, and you've seen this in what they've allowed, right? They're letting Aaron Gordon get buckets. They've let, they let Jamal get loose in game one, right? Like other guys are contributing because the Suns are not diverting resources away from MPJ. If they make that decision, if they're like, well, you know, MPJ didn't shoot well last game. Let's maybe dare him a little bit. If he knocks down some, then it's, it's going to be curtains again. Definitely. I mean, I, I don't think that they run a lot of actions for him I, just because it's the way their offense is built. He's he's more a product of a good process than than the reason often um, or the or he gets to benefit from it. But nonetheless, you either have to make the shots when you're in there to provide that extra spacing or you have to create some kind of pressure on the rim. And they just thought they would get and they were right to think they would get that from Bruce Moore. OK, we have uh what Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we have three days of content to fill before game three. That's good. I mean, we got a Lakers warrior series that starts up, you know, I'm excited to kind of talk about cause you up to, Oh, you can kind of turn one eye or kind of glance out of the corner of your eye at that other series and start to think about what's what you want warriors, right? I mean, yes. Cause I hate the Lakers. <laughs> um, let's, let's remove that part of it. Which do you think? Let's talk about it tomorrow. I mean, part of me, I want to see him play again, play tonight. I'm excited for that game. As much as I hate the, fact that everybody wants that series like i hate the too big to failness of the nba yes i am also interested in this series yeah it's a fantastic series for casuals and it's a good series for the rest of us and it's a good series for everyone else too i just it'll be a good interesting telling and then all the bs narratives that can be annoying and exhausting when you have to talk about them every day of the year they actually are interesting in this one for two guys with four championships and kind of i do feel like there's a little supremacy of the era battle going on between those two which is kind of cool uh hurricane says you guys will miss at least one show this week stop lying you're not getting five in this week <laughs> we've gotten five in the last three weeks thank you because we're he, might be right. he might be right though i'd rather do a show on saturday and miss one day this week though since there's a game friday night so saturday is part of the week sir it counts well there you go All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have yourselves a good day. We'll see you again next time on Locked on Nights.